Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Panthers Brawl. Now, today I'm joined by just one of my co-hosts, Tyler Bursky, and we have a very special guest, former Panther, Ram, Eagle, and Titan, Mr. Will Witherspoon. Will, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, man, definitely good to be on, and, uh, you know, always, always still love the Panthers. Like, people always ask me all the time, you know, who's your favorite team to play for? And I'm like, well, there's always nostalgia for your first team, like, Mm -hmm. regardless, and... And that team in particular, I mean, it was an amazing ordeal and a great place to be. Oddly, I have to laugh because I think uh, the year before I got drafted, the Panthers, I think, went 1-15. And, mm. and uh, mm. uh, you know, so everybody's like, what What are you going to do when you go to a 1-15 team? I was like, same thing i do to any other team. I'd go to go work. Like, what else are you going to do? So, exactly. And so you had, we actually were talking about it a couple weeks uh, earlier this week. Uh, and one of my co-hosts, Sean Tease, he'd sent the video. It was the NFL film documentary of the, that was showcasing the cardiac cats. And I was watching that. I was oh like, Oh my goodness, God. the craziness behind, <laughs> what was it like to be a part of that? Man. Uh, amazing. Uh, to say the least. I mean, you know, when you have five overtime games in a season, and all of them were were big moments. I mean, just just to think about that. I think even in that year too, um, I think in there and then one of those games in that I think Jinx blocked like three three field goal attempts or extra point attempts uh, in Tampa during one of those games. <laughs> yeah. It was like we can't. Something was meant to be right at, at that point in time. But um, you know that was probably literally kind of the best team I've ever been on that I've that just gelled at all levels. Like everybody was committed to everybody. There were no like, you know, really, when you really go across the board on that team at that time, there was no real superstars, right? Like you got Jake DeLome at quarterback and everybody's like, who's this guy? Uh, you know, <laughs> that was Chris literally Mangum. a cool video. Yeah, yeah, right? Like it's, it's yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you add in, you know, young guys and, and all around the mix, um, Kemp Rasmussen, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, Hannibal. I mean, we, we there's so many guys who, who were part of that team that you just literally look at and go, wow. And there was no real superstar at that point in time. You know, Steve Smith was great, still the same dude, still the same guy that he was at every other other point in his career. Um, Moshe Muhammad, you know, Ricky Prohl. I mean, a guy who was kind of at that point the, the senior guy in the room and just kind of leading by example with what he did every day. And, uh, you know, j- but at the same point, like the most laid back guy <laughs> at all times. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a great, great memories of, of that squad. You know, having, you know, of course, Dan Morgan, who's still one of my best friends to date, uh, really? Mark Fields, um, Greg Favors. Jeez, GF. 
<laughs> we called him Uncle GF at that point. Uh, yeah, just guys, you just remember start laughing about little stories like that. And you, like you talked about, I mean that that defensive line, that front seven in general was. You say it was no superstars, but to us now, you look back, it's Julius Peppers, it's Mike Ruckers, it's Chris Jenkins, Dan Morgan. Just seeing that how that whole unit provide was able to come together and just play, play teams. You talk about the Tampa Bay game. That was the Super Bowl champions, uh, the defending champions of not, and you were able to dominate their offense. Talk about how much that unit, how how together that unit was. Man, you know, when you talk about being together, um, there was nobody in there that, that wouldn't do what was necessary. I mean, one of the things I, I really liked about what we could do defensively is that, um, you know, there came a point where between – Dan and myself and Mark and, and all of us on the field, like we could we could do things differently because everybody knew how to how to operate. And, you know, that was one of the things that I think was the best about it is we actually did never really have a call for our D-line front. We let them do what they wanted to do. They called a lot of their own stunts, their own details, and we just played. Dan and I, we were like, you guys do what you do. Um, you know, Jack Del Rio as our defensive coordinator, I think one of the best things that he did for us and, and gave us opportunity about is to literally sit down and say, all right, here's what we're going to do. And when we would say, no, I see this and Dan, I, I'm like, I know Dan and I are going to communicate this way and this is how we're going to pass this or this is how we're going to move or, or do whatever. And he goes, well, all right, well, when we go to practice, if that's how you guys do it and execute, then I don't have a problem with it. Like, just show me how you see it. And that allowed us to do a lot of things and be be really free um, with what we wanted to accomplish and how we could do things. I mean, there's times when even in that Tampa game, Tampa Bay game, like Michael Pittman was always a, a great running back to play against. I, I loved mm -hmm. playing against that dude in Tampa Bay at all times. It just we just had good good times. But uh, you know, there would be times where offenses would run a receiver, and we wouldn't run we'd run and show man but we'd still be in zone we'd flip the mic and, and do everything else dan would be out actually the will i'd go to the mic we'd have our sam out there like we could do kind of anything we wanted to because we we understood every everything that we needed to do there and there was no real no no real need for us to have a real solidified like kind of gap alignment and assignment because again you have when you got guys like chris jenkins and Brinson Buckner, as I said, Julius Peppers, and Mike Rucker is your, your starting front floor, much less you got like Al Wallace out there who was kind of a, a swing vote and could do a lot of stuff for us too in that, in that mode too. I mean, no matter how you really cut it, you know, Terry Cousins, uh, Reggie Howard, Mike Minner, Deion Grant on the back end for us, like all those guys were great. Now, I'll tell you, I, of all the years I played, Deion Grant, Corey Chavis were probably two of my favorite safeties to have behind me. They, really? Time and again. Uh, just because of their their knowledge of the game and how we can, we could communicate in, in so many different ways. But also, you know, the fact that they held they held you to accountability. Like, if you were, were off or, or you missed something, you know, they pointed it out and be like, hey, I need you to do this, man. Like, if you see this again, this is what we got to do. Or if it's something new, we could get together really quick and say, all right, I know what this is now. We know what this is now. This is how we're going to execute it. And the, or if we see a repeat series, we could change up how we're going to execute. It. Like, okay, this time we're going to we're going to shade this in there, and th next time we're going to we're going to show up and go out. Like, I'm a, I'm going to flip the the coverage and I'm going to invert what we're going to do. But you know, you got to have this, and you, I've got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so that's crazy. Uh, we were actually talking uh, before the show a little bit about um, you know your rookie year playing um, in. 
talk about your time at Georgia and how that kind of prepared you for, you know, just being thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, at GA, you know, it was kind of, kind of crazy there. Um, my freshman year at Georgia, I started the, you know, I started planning some at the will, uh, Arantes, I'll never forget. OG was, uh, was the, the senior there in that, that position. Uh, I really got a, a swing boat of playing time on that one, oddly enough, uh, because Dustin Lucky just had a, a compound fracture dislocation in our bowl game uh, that that wow. year. And <laughs> you know how you sit guys down and, and don't dress everybody for the bowl game? Well, I was yeah. the guy dressed up for the bowl game, and instead of boss going in at that point in time, like literally I had to step on the field and go play. I was like, oh, okay, well, here you go. Uh, you got to get some plays in. All right, at the at a position you weren't really really practiced yeah. up for, so let's play. Uh, my sophomore year, you know that that was another random occurrence. Uh, got moved to to play the mic just because I'd always been kind of calling defenses and done that anyway, so it wasn't a problem at this point. Um, and you know, crazy enough, the the guy who came in that year that made everybody kind of go, huh? So you've got me at, at my best at that point in time, maybe 215 pounds mm-hmm. on a soaking wet Sunday. Uh, <laughs> and then the guy that I'm sitting in front of and, and playing in front of at that time is Kendra Bell. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, and then Burn. my going to my junior year, kind yeah. of a, a freak incident there. I, I'd started working at the will. Here we go. We got, you know, everybody's kind of lined up and ready to go. Like first play of the season, boss tears his ACL. So I immediately go to the Sam, run the defense from there. Then I go back to the Will my senior year. You know, so that series of events kind of led me directly into to what happened like my rookie year. Um, you know, there's nothing like walking into the meeting room and you know the defense coordinator going, "Hey Spoon, um, this Sunday you're starting at the mic." Basically, after <laughs> my you know, goodness. After after having Sam Mills go, you know, I don't want you to focus on anything. Nothing. Don't look at anything else but the will. I don't care what you do. I want you to focus on this real hard. Do your special teams. Focus on the will. That's it. And to hear the back end, when you hear guys like Jinx and Buck and those guys again going, oh, hell, the rookie's about to run the defense? <laughs> taking no snaps. This could be interesting. But, uh, you know, it, it played out. It, it worked out well. And I, I believe we were playing the Falcons that week. And you know, about the second or third series, the greatest part about that was I'm sitting on the sideline and literally with the playbook under the bench because I'm trying to put my brain in order about where to set defenses and, and how to set pressures when we get there. And, and I'm thinking about things that Jack hasn't called yet. And I'm like, okay, I know he's got to be setting these up. How do I set this versus this look or that look? And I look up and my D lines around me and they're like, all right, Rook, like we see you can handle it. So we're going to let loose now. And it was like, Oddly enough, it was like the gates of heaven opened up that next series because they went <laughs> eight shit out there. <laughs> so that, when you let those guys actually, you know, you would let the gorillas out the zoo. They were going at it. <laughs> you let them out of the zoo. Good Lord. So you had, and you talked about it. I mean, you have at head coach, obviously, you have John Fox. Then going down defensive coordinator, you have Jack Del Rio. Then your linebacker coach is the ma- the whole Panthers organization, basically, in Sam Mills. What yeah. was it like getting to interact with him as a coach? You know, Sam was um, not only my coach, but he quickly became one of my best friends. Um, you know, having not only somebody who who understood the game from his standpoint, like I was oddly enough, I was the surprise pick of the third round there. You know, uh, 
and then it just kind of was all over. I was all over the board and what was there. And oddly, Sam, had, I met him at the combine. He he was one of the coaches working us out. And, you know, we just stayed in good contact uh, from that point. And I'll never forget, like, after getting drafted, I walked in the building and Ted Cruz, who's now the head of uh, media for the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, you know, walking in the building and he was like, oh, you know, OK, so we got this new kid coming in. Who's this new safety? That's how skinny I was. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of crazy, but that's uh, that's for another day on all the all the crazy identities of, of what that meant. But you know, all things considered, um, you know, Sam became one of my one of my closest friends, and at, at the same moment, you know, my mentor uh, as to how to play the game from from a different point of view. You know, he understood that I wasn't going to quit on him. I wasn't going to give in and it was just all about trying to say hey what can I do to be part of this like it's everybody's dream to be in this game in this position so how do you you know how do, how can I make myself better you know day in day out and um you know he taught me just that that same similar focus find something daily to work on no matter how good you get at something like find something new to work on and even the stuff that you're good at let's work more at that you know going doing that going forward with that and um you know, Sam's the reason I took on the number fifty-one after I left there, and 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 for all all reasons, you know, and and to be respectful and and re may he rest in peace. Like I was blessed to be one of the last people to to have a moment with him before he passed, and to this day that that you know, I'll never forget breaking down and crying when I saw him because you know for from that that moment that was the first time I didn't see the Sam I knew, and uh, that hurt, but um. You know, having somebody who stood so strong through everything that he was facing just says enough, like, to make, to say that he was a, a man amongst men uh, in that that regard and, you know, the stories he got to share. I mean, that was that was amazing, too. But you could see that at any point, he still carried himself um, with, with high regard and, and wasn't going to let anything beat him down. I was not prepared for that. Oh, my word. Oh, it just makes it so much more special now that he is the fa I mean, he's the, the meaning behind the entire franchise. Yeah. When yeah they I mean, first the original keep pounding craze, you know, that was that was our class, the guys. I mean, oddly enough, think of this. You know, you have you have two crazy events that happen at that same point in time. Mark Fields good, gets a, smashes his finger in practice, and it's not healing up. They send him up to, to Charlotte to go get a you know heavy round of antibiotics pump through his system and find out he's got non-hodgkin lymphoma like what the hell yeah. and then sam is, is watching video like uh you know a week or two later and he's like look i just stopped and and i was late and i was like ah, oh, you know god i just gotta eat something and literally he's like i stopped and grabbed taco bell and, and finds out you know thinks he has just an upset stomach you know it's just not working out finds out he's got you know intestinal cancer all in the same, you know, in the same few weeks, we have two huge, huge moves on our team. Um, you know, Ken Flagel, you know, immediately kind of started helping Sam move forward with that and trying to help him with once, once all that was going. You know, Mark was going in and taking time with his family to, to go ahead and get his treatments too. And that was just all those things were rolling forward. So to imagine the team facing those, those kinds of odds as well at that same point in time. Wow. Yeah. So on a, on a, you know, 
more lighthearted note, you kind of went over the NFL drafts a little bit, and you know you were a third round pick to the Panthers. Um, I bet that uh, experience has been like very nerve wracking and stuff. How could, could what can you tell us about that whole draft process? Well, imagine being a, a, a lucky third round pick in in a lot of ways, right? And a guy who was all over the board. I mean, everything from two to six. I mean, I was right. It, yeah. Depending on who you talk to, what was going on, who said what, and you know, for me, it was it was one of those where I really was like, I don't know where I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going to be, and what's going to happen here. So I'm just going to wing it and hope for the right. best. Um, you know, and it really turned out to be a great situation, a great scenario. But you know, I think in that, as a matter of fact, I know in that draft, I think I was the eighth linebacker taken. Um, you know, you had like Salim Rashid, Robert Thomas in that draft, um, Ben sure. Lieber was in that draft, da- uh, David Thornton was in that draft. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Oh my goodness. T-Pot, no, Tommy Polly was a year before or two years before. And then you had, I mean, just a, a slew of guys in that mix. And, and to think about it, like I look at it and go, wow, you know, to be kind of like one of the last men standing out of that whole mix um, was pretty crazy. And, but that draft experience, I mean, I was, I was doing a, uh, a little ESPN draft party deal at down at Disney World. Okay. And you know, it was just like good fun. And yeah, yeah. the last thing, yeah, the last thing you expect to hear is the third round pick too, is when you get your name called, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, all right. Like, I guess I'm about to get drafted, but I'm not going to say anything until I actually know for sure. And it comes up on the screen. Like, Okay, yeah, right. here we go. And, uh, you know, when it happens, you know, you're like, all right, this is great. Like, uh, you know, and then, you know, 15 minutes later, I get another phone call that says, hey, you know what? Um, we want you to go ahead and come up to the facility. We want you to go ahead and get, get here early. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, <laughs> what am I going to say? No? I'm like, well, Dad, you know, uh, I have to. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, Dad, I gotta leave, and I'll see you guys later. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you guys enjoy yourself down here in Disney, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, uh, enjoy the hopefully. food. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the food, the the rides. I mean, we had a whole weekend deal set up, and I was like, well, all right, I'm up good. But um, you know, that was that was a great experience. And as I said, you know, Ted Cruz, when I'm walking in the building, meeting him, and uh, laughing at the fact he was like, I I definitely did not expect you to be a linebacker when I first saw you. <laughs> um and then did you ever think after getting i mean in that after within even the first week of joining the team that in the next year and a half or so you'd be playing in the super bowl wow you, you never know that but um i i knew one thing was about this team is it was a very special mix of of guys like from the staff on down you know um scotty o'brien is a special teams coach is hilarious you know there, there's one thing we all know about scotty o'brien no re-kicks <laughs> <laughs> he hated re-kicks but scotty was a, a great dude and uh darren was working with him and then um uh, you know of course having sam mike turgovic uh sal sinceri working with those guys um oh my goodness like jeez it's it just so many guys that you can think about and throw in that mix that you laugh about and go this is a great group and great guys who, who nobody is, you know, putting themselves above one another. Like it was one of those teams where, you know, I never felt once as a linebacker in there that I was like, not 
really, I don't want to say competing for my job, but also, you know, I was in competition with guys who wanted the best guys to be there. So there was never this moment of like, no, nah, Rook, you just better go figure that out on your own. It was everybody was willing to, to give, you know, their insight. You know, Mark at the time, I think, had been in almost 10 years. Dan was in his second, second year there. Um, you know, Hannibal Navies was in in a few years. Lester was already in a few years. Corey Miner, uh, you know, it was, it was, I mean, I remember watching some of these guys, you know, as they were playing in college. So it's just like, dang, okay, <laughs> how, how am I going to deal with this crew? And, yeah and live up you know live up to par on that as well so you know that was one of those that you you really look at and go this is great there, there's a lot of great great atmosphere great guys great group um you know i mean even a guy who came in my class like kemp rasmussen who nobody i'm sure knows this but i think he broke his neck twice while we were playing what <laughs> yeah really wow. he had like two fusions done it, uh, no no that was i don't think that was known at all yeah, and then, uh, you know, um, oh, my goodness. Shoot, we got a couple guys uh, all in there, too. I mean, there was just crazy. Nick Goings, holy cow. Like, whew, oh my the craziest, the craziest thing. Yeah, the craziest thing I ever seen, I have ever seen was that when that dude scored on that, and, and I mean, just landed completely flat out. Scored, woke up 10 minutes later, had no idea he'd scored still, but it was great. <laughs> God almighty, that's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. But you talk about I mean you talk about all these players getting to play and especially not only getting to play with these players on defense but having to practice against some powerhouses like Stephen Davis and Brad Hoover and you had Steve Smith and Musa Muhammad and then Deshaun Foster too coming up and practice. <laughs> what was it like getting to go up against them every week? Man, uh, you know, it, it definitely made it a challenge. I mean, you know, Smoke, Deshaun, and I are in the same class, all that stuff there, but definitely you know, you had to be prepared and got to see it. I mean, SD, you know, Steve Davis was just a, a guy that you forget that he was actually a really good track athlete. He was a bigger back than what people give him credit for, but he was actually a track runner. So when that guy hit stride and he got himself going, there it went. It was like, okay, here we go. Bam, bam, bam. And he picked him up, put him down. And then, uh, you know, it was a steady, like, ordeal and who was you know who was my boy uh, mm -hmm. i mean i can't say how many times we had that that funny moment of practice where it's like all right Hoove, we're gonna have to go at it you know it's it's that day like game on <laughs> yeah like here we go <laughs> yeah here we go <laughs> i mean you know you you better be prepped and ready when you had to come mm -hmm. see him and, uh you know you, you you always made sure you knew it was up but we took good care of each other at the same point but those guys are in execution i mean smitty of course you know, when it came down to route running and, and seeing, you know, how smooth Ricky Pohl was at what he did, um, you know, just the understanding of the game. Like, it was one of those things that was great is to talk to those guys and say, hey, you know what, this guy likes to do this, and can you can you do that? Like, can you just show me how this this he likes to read this this track? And um, that was great. I mean, there, there were so many times, like, I think one of my best picks in history came from practicing against, you know, a guy like Smitty and understanding how to how to play certain routes the way I could um, when I picked off Tom Brady. And I wish there was a great picture of that, but there's not. The only That's picture I've ever seen is the sideline shot where you see Jerry, Samuel, or Jerry Simmons on the sideline and you see the whole sideline go. And the, <laughs> next frame, the next frame of the picture is everybody's hands in the air going. <laughs> I mean, like, I snagged the ball about that far off the turf. Oh. Especially <laughs> the amount of photographers on the field, you would have thought someone would get you picking them off. 
right? Like diving out. I mean, I'm fully extended. Catch it right before I hit the sideline. Get it down. Yeah. I mean, it is nuts. But you know, hey, it is what it is. All that matters is it counted. <laughs> That's, That's good. True. Yeah. And then just talk a little bit more about being the the actual Super Bowl. Just that day, that game. I mean, you had what sixteen tackles? I think that game. And I thought if that was your career at the time, yeah. Dan had, I think Dan had 25, I had 18, and Mint had 11 or 12. My so word. It was, busy, it was a busy day for the three yeah. of us, right? But, um, you know, all things there. I mean, what was, what do people also forget is about half the team had food poisoning. Really? I <laughs> yeah. did not remember that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it was, but everybody everybody who had that, I mean, that morning, Dan, Dan was throwing up like a beast. Uh, we had about <laughs> 80 IVs going pregame, I think, before that, <laughs> wow. too. And guys were all over the place. I was one of the lucky ones. Apparently, I got a stomach, stomach of iron. I was like, I'm good. I don't know what's going on with you guys, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm uh, fine. You know, I may be the lightweight, but I'm good. Like, it, it, <laughs> you guys are all now, now down in my mode. I mean, people forget I weighed in that morning at 2.14. My gosh. Gosh, <laughs> so, almighty. There was, there was a lot of action happening, happening there. But, um, you know, you, you you take all the moment in stride. And it's It's... Lights, camera, action is an understatement is what what to say there. Like you're in a mode and in an environment that it just, it shifts. It shifts from the norm of, of your pregame. You know, there's the extended pregame, the extended, you know, halftime. All this that gets you going, you know, all the extra hubbub, you know, the whole week before. Uh, you know, that is where, where you look at it and go, geez, like I just want to get into the game. Like I, I just want to get on the field into the game. And when you roll up, you roll up. Um, you know uh, that first that first kickoff. I'll never forget that. And then I think after uh, the Janet Jackson Nipplegate moment, I think uh, people forgot that there was also a streaker that came on the field. So I do not remember that. Nobody, yeah, no. nobody got to see that because of Janet Jackson Nipplegate. Uh, yeah. So so I always get to have another memorable Super Bowl moment. The fact yeah. that not only was it the Panthers first. Not only did we have Janet Jackson Nipplegate, we also had the streaker. I mean, there was just a lot of fun going on in that game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, at the time, I think we held some records in, in execution there, right? I think it was the mm-hmm. the only Super Bowl where the only scoring has ever happened in the second and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and, and I think at that time, too, it might have been the longest time without either team scoring in a Super Bowl period. Was that? Yeah. Yes, you know, just some great things that happened during that game and just the battle it was like, you know, this this chess game of wits on both sides and all sides there and how it went, how it was. And I mean, to, to come out, you know, without the win, really, that is just unimaginably sickening to describe. But, uh, you know, it's still a memory and still something that I, I, I keep and hold dear to myself there and, and remember, you know, every single moment of it i actually think i have like a hundred gallon bin of everything from that season newspaper clippings you know mm-hmm. all that stuff i mean it's all in there um and that's that's just never going to change you know there's there's a lot of great things there and um you know it just it just kind of led forward to an itch that you want to scratch all the time right like you still want to want to go forward Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So you were also with the Rams, Titans, and Eagles throughout the, your career. Uh, what was the difference between them and the Panthers? Man, I, you know, there's there's always differences. And one, of course, the personnel are different. The coaching staffs are different. I'll never forget having Jim Hazlitt as a DC when I go to St. Louis. 
and after playing against him in New Orleans for several years, that's just comical. You go, right. wow, yeah. I love Has the Death. Like he's he's a great coach and and I love having him like uh, you know, in the mix, no matter what. I mean, the guy is just one of those guys who's who's exciting at all times. Um and also the only guy I've ever known who who gave me a call where I had to be nub up on the nose, you know, showing on the nose, put two hands on the center on the snap, and I had the third uh, coverage wise. Really? We bringing the corner on a blitz. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. He's like, when you do this and when we get this, you got the third, and we're going to do this, and you're you're going to be all right. I'm like, okay, game <laughs> on. Here you go. I'll listen to you. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think it was just a lot of. A lot of transition stuff happening um with those teams and in, in some ways um you know of course with the with the rams um that was just an opportunity to to finally take a you know take a moment and, and see free agency um you know it was kind of hard a hard move from there i can't tell you i probably got four thousand text messages and emails and messages from people and, and like i can't believe you're leaving the panthers and like i know i'm sorry i'm not trying to but you know you guys got my boy thomas davis so that worked out well you know, y'all so, just got missed each other. Yeah. Yeah. We played, we played that first season together. Yeah. My oh, last, you did? My last season there, yeah. Okay, because so, he, so you um, just missed each other at UGA, and then I didn't know if you got back together in, in Charlotte. So it was all there. So TD and everybody. I mean, you get to see these guys. And uh, and then, of course, going over when I left, when I got traded to Philly, um, that was an entertaining season. I, I actually made the history books in that one, uh, being one of the few players who ever played 17 straight games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> without a without a break so now that apparently it's going to be a norm but okay um yeah, yeah. and uh also as well not only did i play 17 straight games but started 17 games and uh was the first one of the one of three players i think at the time two or three players in their first game to have 10 tackles sack cause fumble and interception for a touchdown in their first really? game on the new team yeah My word so it was pretty That's pretty insane. solid crazy wow. uh-huh. yeah and I mean, you had histories of longevity. That first season, or that that Super Bowl season, you were uh, one of the first player, one of the few defensive players that started every game that season, mm-hmm. uh, filling yeah. in for Morgan as well. So that history. But you were talking about free agency, and I was I was just interested. And you don't have to answer this because I know I don't know it might be touchy. But around that time, it was also Marty Herdy, and we've seen in this, especially in this past season, how some deals, some some players have not been handled the way the fans wanted to. As a player who has been on the other side. What are your thoughts on how this offseason has gone for the Panthers? You know, it's a it's a questionable moment, you know, for for teams to make decisions. But, you know, when you've got a head coach and staff change and you've got some differences in, in personnel needs and thought processes there, um, that is th- those are things that dictate kind of how some things go. I know, you know, when I enter free agency, I know the Panthers wanted to try and keep me and wanted to try and figure stuff out. And the hard part was it was it was also a time where. They had myself, Dan, several others like Steve, I think, was up at that point in time trying to get all this all together. So they had they had to make some moves because, you know, there's only so much cap space. Um, they were still a young team who was transitioning out of some guys that, that they were carrying some dead cap money. So there wasn't as much cap pool available to really stretch out as they probably would have liked. So, you know, you're getting creative with things and, and trying to do that. And the same, the same thing there. I mean, I know releasing Cam has got a you know, punch a lot of people in the chest and make them wonder what's going on. But sometimes the best move for everybody is to, to make a shift, uh, to make a change. You know, everybody always understands and, and expects that the best is, is to sometimes make a move move forward. 
Uh, and we've seen that with other guys, you know, re- reviving careers by just making that that one move or, or making that change. Um, you know, the the ability for teams to to make that shift is what it is. And so, you know, that's the hard part. I think the Panthers have made some good moves this offseason. Of course, I know everybody wants to try and figure out what's going on with Cam. I think moving Teddy Bridgewater in is, is a good move. Um, I like the way that kid's played for a long time. He's, he's smart with what he does with the ball and really actually more accurate than what I think people have given him credit for, what he was anticipated to be. So, you know, to see, to see how that, that execution comes into play, um, you know, surround him with, with good guys, surround him with a good crew. I think, uh, you know, the Panthers off the line will will hold up there. Their, their receiving core, I think is going to get a little bit stronger and put some more, you know, added, added quality depth there. We, I think they're they're good at running back, right? They should be they should be okay there. Um, so you know, just it'll just come down to how quickly you know Teddy makes the the execution change and the the understanding of that of how to execute there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, with all these new moves, what do you see the future being like in Carolina? Well, it, it's it's always interesting to see. Um, for me, I like to say, you know, whatever moves you make are always there, but um, you never really know how things are going to turn out. Right. Woo. Of course, now I got to sneeze. Bless oh, you. great. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. Somebody's gonna oh, God, yeah. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at penfed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. En Kaiser Permanente creemos que la salud es un derecho para todos. Un derecho que respeta a todas las comunidades. Un derecho que enfrenta a los desafíos sin dejar a nadie atrás y que ayuda a los niños a crecer más sanos y que nos prepara para un futuro donde todos podamos sentirnos protegidos. Creemos que la salud es un derecho para vivir bien. Kaiser Permanente. Viva bien. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic Stay Sink. 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, but um, you really, you really want to kind of let things play out a little bit to that to a degree no matter who it is that you're bringing in or, or when you brought it brought new people in and how the core is changing a little bit it all comes down to to how they meld together so it'll be interesting to see and also this year it's going to be really interesting right like who knows what the actual offseason is going to be like yeah how, right. how are teams going to really find their coordination you know you're going to see quarterbacks really getting their first throws in the preseason and mm-hmm. and really finding that timing that they're trying to get together so does that mean you're going to see more starters playing in games longer in the preseason this year? You know, just trying to find that tempo and game speed. Um, does that mean you, you know, because you're you're moving towards like a 17 game season that you're actually going to be taking those guys down more and, try, and trying to utilize not only the first these three games and the first game of the season is really now going to be an exhibition. Like it's going to yeah. be an executed exhibition. Like you you've got to figure out what's going on there. Like you, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts and what happens there. Um, you know, I think losing losing Ole was was a big move. You know, who's who's really going to fill that slot? You know, at tight end and how how well they're going to really really hold up there. Um, you know, without that leadership, I think that he brought too. 
So it, it to me, I'm not really sure. I like to watch and see how the, the pictures play out and how they really come together. Because if you don't, if you anticipate things too much, you know, you, you're putting pressure on yourself in ways that you shouldn't. Like, all you can do is go out and, and do your part. Like, uh, I always, uh, always laugh because, you know, this is also goes back to something Sam said to me because because I'd gotten so used to in college making sure I knew every position, I was doing the same thing when I first got to Carolina. And he was like, you know what? Just learn the will. I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care if you get a blackout, everything else on the page. Mm-hmm. Just learn what you've got to do. And, um, you know, it, he goes, because here, here's the thing I can tell you. You don't get two paychecks, so don't try and do two jobs. There Makes you go. sense. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's right. <laughs> that is a very true statement. That is a fact. <laughs> and then that came, I mean, thank God you were still prepared, though, because, you know, having to jump in at the mic, you were still able to do so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that worked out well. It was, uh, it was one there. And I will say this, you know, I love Big Cat and for everything that he brought to the to the team, you know, the the history of, of how he, he came to be the, the owner he was. And I will say this, uh, David Tepper has impressed me in some very, very amazing ways. Uh, you know, right after he took up the team, he actually sent a box out to every former player. Really? Was like a little thank you box. Yeah. A lot of people don't know oh, this. Wow. And it's like, it, I mean, literally, you know, hat, jersey or hat, sweater, um, little winter scully and something else was in there, too. And like a nice little handwritten note. And then uh, yeah. just the other day, even just the other day, even it was like, hey, we were going through some of the archives and found some old pics of you. So we went to send you some. And I got like 20 old, you know, photographs that were in there. I was like, oh, wow. But still none of you picking off Brady. I know, right? None of those. <laughs> none of those. Like, dang it. Well, we were t- we talked about that in the past, um, because uh, David Tepper, you know, it, it was you could feel new. We were talking to him beforehand. You could feel kind of new life being breathed in, in an area where you didn't really know something was missing because you just Jerry was just kind of doing his own thing. You didn't really know what he was doing. But I always thought one of the coolest things Tepper had done, aside from you know giving the team more some more freedom with their jersey choices, you know, their uniform options. One of the coolest things in my mind was as a team that had not really ever acknowledged some of its greatest players, you know, like most teams had with a Hall of Honor or a Ring of Honor. In his first year, he brought in, you know, he, had, he was like, all right, we're doing the, you know, the Hall of the Ring of, uh, Hall of Honor and having th- four of those guys that were really big a part of that cardiac team. Was that what, what was your thoughts about that? How cool was that to see, you know, DeLome, Gross, was, Steve Smith? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a great great thing i mean that was an awesome you know kind of point statement and i think a lot of people are looking at the panthers you know being this young squad that everybody's like well look you know guys you know do they really have a hall of honor yet like that's that's where it was kind of a question um but at that point you know you're jesus now i just have to say this holy cow uh almost 20 years in uh at that point in time right like you Mm, you got some guys who have made statements in the end of the game and and with the team and and brought forth uh some activity that that is worth you know being being looked at i'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make sure name? i get a charger for my phone real quick because if i don't we might lose this conversation <laughs> okay definitely <laughs> save that yeah i uh, know but let me get this together for you guys no, of course. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, i i'm since I'm since I'm quarantining myself for Corona Geddon, as I like to call it, Corona Geddon. Uh, I haven't painting, heard that. One. <laughs> yeah, painting my entire first floor of the house since I've got nothing else to do. So, well, you have, have some, you, come up with, 
you have something in common with Tyler, as you can see behind him, his entire room behind him is being renovated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a mess a few weeks ago, definitely. Well, you we gotta make the, the best of it, right? Definitely. We were on the first call, actually, our first episode, and we were like, I was in my, me and uh, my co-host were at our desk at the University of South Carolina, we were both co uh, students there, so we were at our news desk where we had our classes. We had, my dad was here in the library, and Tyler pops up, and there's like recording <laughs> on the walls. There's like tape behind him, and we're like, "Tyler, where are you?" Yeah, like, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually hanging out in a construction site. Like, That's yeah. what we thought. <laughs> I thought he was in a treehouse or something. It was, oh, yeah. it was but uh, getting back on track, we we asked this question to our first guest. So I think it's funny. Our first guest was also a member of the Cardiac Cats. He also played for the Titans. And uh, he lives around here, if you haven't guessed it yet, but uh, Kevin Donnelly was our first yeah. guest on oh, yeah. the show. And so, uh, great, dude. Golly. Uh, he actually ended up coaching, too, for one of my coaches in college when he was at uh, UNC Charlotte. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was always a, a great deal there. And now he's uh, up at UNC, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, he just got the, job the head of uh, high school recruitment um, mm -hmm. or high school uh, uh, interactions for uh, UNC Charlotte. Yeah. So yeah. he's been, he's always been around the Panthers. And so his, his son was actually my roommate, uh, sophomore year of college. So that's how we met. Um, and okay. so, yeah, his son yeah. was a, one of I mean, my best. Friends. You know, people think, forget about this too. When we had those cardiac cats, I think the average age of our offensive line was like 38. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like something crazy like that. You know, you had Kevin, Jeff. Uh, I think the youngest guy on that line was uh, was Jordan, right? Like, it, really? So, wow. Yeah, I mean Todd Stucy, um, uh -huh. and then maybe Geno James might have been the only only other young guy on there. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, just a, a whole crew of guys who had a lot of experience in the game, and and you're just laughing about it. I'm like, and I ended up playing with Stucy um, in St. Louis as well, and that was just funny as as I'll get. And then, um, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, just just that whole. Kevin was in the league for Kevin was in the league for a dozen years. Stucy was in the league for nine years. I mean, wait, uh, James and Mitchell they were three and five. Yeah, and then Gross was a rookie that year, so he would have been the youngest. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Right. I remember Thomas told me one story, and I don't know if it's true or not. Thomas, this might have been just Thomas's Kevin's son, and they were, he said there was certain practice. Some days that uh, Thomas would have to go with his dad to practice, and they would have in the locker room Smitty or some some other son would come up. Some of the other players' kids would come up. They would just start, put pads on him. They would start just rumbling in the locker room <laughs> yeah I don't know. everybody did it man i mean i'm telling you it was like kids would get in there and have a good time and uh that was one thing you know too it was like there wasn't just this this moment of of everything's just business like you know mm -hmm. there was a moment where you could actually enjoy and have a little bit you know understand that everybody was family like uh you know our our friday like saturday walk through time was was really kept to to be what it was like uh you know it was not just execution and making sure we're on top of our game but you know to understand that was a moment for your family to come see and spend time with you you know that's outside the norm and that's mm -hmm. great yeah definitely so we kind of talked a little bit about the coronavirus and how i mean we don't really know what's going on here and i mean hopefully not but it could last into summer with a mini camp and training camp um if that's taken away how much of an impact does that like have on new players to come into the team you know, new players, it's all, again, I, I've always been a guy who's a execute, you know, to get things down, right? Like, that's just, I'm I'm a doer, not just like a, a paper guy. Like, the X's okay. and O's can be on paper and I can see it, but until I actually physically see how the action happens in front of me, I'm, I don't really feel like I've gotten it. 
um, that's kind of going to be the case in that moment. You know, you're not going to feel the the tempo, the flow, the you know the the receivers running their routes timely, the quarterback getting to his drop and, and finding those guys. Like, how are you going to uh, or you know how are you going to put all that together? And again, that kind of runs into the preseason and what goes on the first portion of the season, where you're really seeing the timing efforts, you're really seeing you know the execution get kind of tweaked in in that limelight but for young players i think that's that's what can be really kind of detrimental to you um, yeah. you know you're not getting the repetition you don't you don't have those opportunities to prove yourself you're now down to a constrained window and add to the fact that you know like, like apparently they're adding corona clauses into contracts you know that's yeah. just one that's just ridiculous but you know for those in, in that moment it's like okay how how are you gonna gonna face the whole wagon wheel of life with that and the biggest thing is you have one one goal as a player, you know, especially your rookie year. My goal is to make the team. My goal is to execute, play after play, do what I need to do. And beyond that, it's like the rest of the life has to kind of revolve around it. You know, I have I have to put all my focus into this to make to give me the best opportunity there. And now those opportunities are now dwindling if that's the case. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how how it all turns around. I mean, now that you're at first, it's kind of probably the two craziest draft scenarios. First is going to be, they were going to ship in their picks on a boat through the Bellagio. And now it's going to be a studio show. I mean, could you imagine having your draft be that's, that's not only is it already nerve wracking because you're trying to get drafted, but now this is the situation that you're being drafted in. But you know, you know, the draft so much, I don't think is, is the issue on that. Yeah. You're losing the, the fanfare on the, on the public side, but, you know, the good thing is, is they're still holding the draft. They're still putting that that environment together. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting enough. I, I, I mean, let's put it this way, right? The coronavirus has kind of entrapped everybody inside. What has happened inside of that? PlayStation has been overrun. Xbox has been overrun. Netflix is like, holy hell. Amazon Prime's like, oh my god, like. Everybody, you know, it's it's the understanding of what people turn to when they don't have that. You know, the that is going to be what what's going to be interesting about it. And I think you're going to see them approach it a little differently because now they can put, um, you know, the fanfare is now a visible point again. We're going back to you know the old draft where it's just a broadcast identity and and here we go and it's it's all there. Because that's what it was at one point. I mean, it wasn't all this fanfare and all. I didn't think I even think about that. It's kind of yeah. just back away. You're, you're, yeah, you're going back in the, back in time, man. And that one, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and at the same moment, you know, it's it's one that just kind of one. I think the best thing to do is to kind of remind you of the roots of, of where it all begins and how it all comes together. And and now look at like what it was like back then to see what kind of access you know people had to this environment before. And now <laughs> to know that you're upset that you can't go and, and be part of the draft is is just going to be that differential of understanding. Mm. And so um, just talk a little bit about what your, your life, you know, after the NFL, what kind of that's been consistent. I know you have, you're a family man. You got three daughters and uh, you're now also a part. I mean, Mike and, and Austin would kill us if we didn't mention you are the co-host of NFL Brawl, one of the podcasts, yeah. great Brawl Network. So talk a little bit about that. Well, actually, I have, I have six kids. I always look at, oh, I never wow. update with the media, so it's always good there. Um, I, see, but, they call me out. Now, now I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> See that little thing where people update Wikipedia themselves? Yeah, I don't do that. So <laughs> it's okay. And, uh, you know, I like to keep my life is my life. For the most part, I'm a pretty private guy, but um, I enjoy every bit of it. Like, I've got my three oldest daughters are all in volleyball. 
you know, and that's crazy. You know, um, my former wife and I are all still great friends. We, you know, we, we live 10 minutes apart roughly. And, um, you know, that's, it's always great there. Uh, I've got all, all in all, I've got four girls and two boys and, you know, I've got a whole mix there. Oldest is 15. Youngest is just under a year. And, uh, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of fun. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, that being said, yeah, it, it's great to know that what the, what's going on with the kids and what I can be involved with, with them. Because when I retired, the first thing I told them was like, this is your time. You've given me the time to do what I want to do. And now I want to be part of everything that you want. And, um, you know, that's been the, one of the greatest things there. Um, you know, I, for those that don't know, I, I went out and out of here in St. Louis. I actually have a, about a 600 acre ranch that I run cattle on, uh, handle some fun with that. I was going to mention that. I was going to show I'd done my research. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it. (laughs) But wait, there is more. (laughs) uh, I've gotten into a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, Most recently, you know, I've I've actually got an interest in a security company, too, that I started with a buddy of mine in Atlanta. So we do everything low voltage. Um, okay. you know, access control, lighting controls, hmm. um, elevator control, access in it, and in general, uh, fire safety and fire code stuff. Like we, we kind of maintain that phone systems and everything else there. Um, managing, I think we manage about 15 buildings in Atlanta right now, uh, through, through our services there. And then of course, you know, private, private units and homes there as well. Um, that's grown into me also having a company called, uh, PDG peacemaker defense group. So. Start a little, little private executive protection group that does all kinds of fun stuff <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, we're we're actually the guys that have real guns. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun there, and and just the the guys I work with, Alex and Andy, on that are two great guys that don't look at security from the the standard standpoint of you know we got to look tough, be assholes. Like they're they're very commonality people, and you know just showing showing people that you know just because you're you're in an environment doesn't mean you have to be portray a certain way. I mean, um, a great example is, you know, we got a call from like Habitat for Humanity. They were having stuff stolen off a site. So, you know, Andy was like, I got this, you know, let's go ahead and do this. So he pulled over there, you know, just drove his normal everyday car and sat outside and played with his dog (laughs) (laughs) and like introduced the dog to kids down the street. Yeah. And you know what, by the end of the day, like he walked the dog around the neighborhood with folks. I mean, by the end of the day, you know, they were like, Hey, when you see this car, that's this kind of guy. If you see this car, that's this dude. They, you know, they were like, well, you know, because you were you're different than what we have expectation of, it changes the MO. And um, that was a great, great, great moment, a great feeling to understand the you know the kind of guys that, that I like to work alongside. Um, you know, I got into finance after this as well, and, and I still do finance and insurance. Uh, I worked was working for a company that did uh, worked alongside personal personal injury attorneys so helping people plan you know long term for for life after injury uh you know i've worked on so many cases that it was just kind of kind of creepy to see all the ways people get injured and and jacked up i'm like holy cow yeah or or, you know or even don't survive those incidents i mean that's where where it gets you know heartbreaking where you're uh you know one case in particular was uh a family where the matriarch and a daughter were killed in the incident and one of the the children um and but because of that that left 12 other members of their family affected alone by that so you know you you really start to get to understand the stories and and 
really have to to really dig into to how to help make sure each one of these individuals lives are, are cared for because of the the level of loss that they had like you know there's there's that um and how do you you know how do you really say that it's okay you know no no amount of money is really going to make up for it in that sense there um so yeah i i, I stay busy to say the yeah, least definitely, you know, definitely. Having, yeah. kids and that stuff there you know working on on things like that and you know i've, I've served on a, a multitude of boards um I, one of those boards was uh called the newmark foundation that was headed up by the former head of the new york stock exchange a gentleman named named duncan niederauer um in three years we built a school for you know kids with special needs to to attend and you know oh, wow. he, he did that you know in part because his son had never had had this ability but one of the greatest things i think they did was they built like this apartment complex within the school really? because the only thing his kid wanted to do was have sleepovers with his friends but there were oh. no all his friends didn't live in the close proximity yeah so what they can actually do now is sign out their own teachers and have the teachers stay with them overnight and they can have their own sleepover That's so it's dope. a really really interesting ordeal there um and how that all comes together sorry of course everybody's trying to call me now yeah. <laughs> no but, one's calling you when you're not doing anything and then the minute you get on a call everyone's blowing your phone up right i've been <laughs> good painting for like last three hours <laughs> but uh you know it's uh it is what it is and um you know there's a lot of, of moving parts i served here uh on the xfl board i also work um with the matthews dickey boys and girls club which if you don't know they're the only independent group that has the name Boys and Girls Club because they actually had the name Boys and Girls Club before the Boys and Girls Club. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, and it's a very historic organization here in St. Louis, um, you know, and stands on its own two feet in a lot of ways. Um, served on, um, uh, served at the A Greener World, which is part of Sustainable Agriculture Board. I still sit with that. Um, part of Wildlife Friendly in the long run. So a larger group there that, that sits between, uh, which is actually now launching a international certification for sustainable sustainable agricultural practices with um, with cattle or, or uh, livestock in general. Yeah. So they've let, laid that all out and, and helped design that program, been part of that for 10 years or so or at this point. Um, you know, just staying busy, like I said. You know, trying to, yeah, definitely. Trying to enjoy myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, meet meet a lot of random and random and crazy people at all times. Um, you know, when you talk about things that that can be done, uh, I I don't feel like there's six degrees of separation between me and somebody something else that can be done. Matter of fact, I just had a conversation with Mr. Tepper's lawyer like a week and a half ago. <laughs> he has he has to be good friends with a good buddy of mine out in California. <laughs> okay, wow. It's a, it's a small world. That's definitely what small it is. Small world. Yeah. You, you, you talked about uh, just briefly you mentioned that you were on the XFL board uh, were you kind of in uh, were you kind of helpful in trying to get a team in St. Louis I mean I knew that was always going to happen but it's nice that there's uh, football back in that market again yeah there definitely is a, a good urge for you know a good need for football here I think a lot of people are really really supportive and, and looking forward to to have another team back in town um, you know that being said you know I, I'd lobby for it too to a degree, but I was one that's just a quiet lobbyist on that. I, I like to let things kind of flow as they go. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really a, a politician, as I like to say. <laughs> you know, it's not my space. Mm -hmm. I will support things that I feel are great, and uh, I won't support things that I don't. So it's pretty simple. 
I'm not willing to kind of say, well, maybe if I do this and I do that. No, not really my style. Um, but, you know, seeing football come back here and and see the way the crowd reacted. I mean, I was, I was at that first home game and it was just, wow, uh, very impressive to see the, the crowd and the stands. Uh, matter of fact, it was to the point where they were actually considering, you know, for the following game, garnering another tier of the stadium because they had really? that much demand for yeah that much demand for tickets here. Wow. Um, you know, as, as everybody will laugh about, you know, the, at, at that point in time before the tickets were being resold for for higher value than what the Rams were getting their tickets resold for. Wow. So it was like, yeah, That's uh, sad. It, was, it was it was it was pretty wild. It was like wow, and uh, yeah, there was a lot a lot of moving parts to it, but you know. I think it was a good squad, Coach, you know, Jay and, and Coach Hayes, and I, I know I've known him and got to talk talk to him and you know played against him in a coaching capacity for a long time too. So get to really see how all that that moves, and um, it's good to see the XFL, you know, kind of relaunched and in the in the right light. And I think the best thing mm-hmm. they did is prepare themselves for you know a multitude of seasons before they got themselves on there and. Um, That'll be it'll be interesting to see how the next season kind of turns out. Uh, you know, of course, Jordan Tiamu getting signed by the Kansas City Chiefs is just, you know, that's that's another piece that says, hey, they're moving in the right direction. They're they're getting guys second opportunities and second chances. You know, how many guys have been cut because they pulled a hamstring that last week? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or rolled an ankle that last week, and it's like, ugh. And the next year, not only are you competing for being out for a time frame, but you're you're competing with another class that's coming in. And yeah, you, not you know that all that changes. So this is a great opportunity for guys to to grow and be what they can be, or like a stepping stone, like almost like a kind of a G League. Where now you've got, I mean, PJ is now coming, gonna play, has gotten signed by the Panthers, and he might have you know some some competition there. One quick t- tidbit that I know you'll appreciate about the XFL. And I know you probably already knew it, but it wasn't a Battlehawks tidbit. But the the first touchdown scored in the XFL was. A touchdown yep. Austin Prohl, yes, sir. He actually yeah, played yeah. me uh, which, in high school. Which is the funniest thing ever when I think about that, because I literally go, God, I knew that kid. He was like basically in diapers at this point, I feel like. Oh, Lord. <laughs> exactly. Makes me feel terrible. Oh. I'm getting terribly much older in this game. But, nah, it's, it's, uh, more, it's more experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm still young at heart. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's good, good, good. And see, it's all a mindset. It is all a mindset. Yeah, exactly. And you know, black don't crack, Asian don't raisin, we good. <laughs> <laughs> see, we, white people, we don't have a we don't have a phrase that works for that. It, it, it'll work. I know, right? Like I, I can't think of a good one for you. <laughs> There's like no rhyme that I. Eh, it's whatever. We wrinkle. <laughs> white wrinkles. White, uh, yeah, it, it, do you have alliteration? Is that how? Is that works? It's like um, it's you know what it's like the you know it's it's that that sound of what is it the price is right doom 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 exactly but uh wrapping up and and kind of running it back I I have to ask because I know you know as a defensive guy and I I mean we're both kind of defensive guys but he much more so because he actually plays in high school and is going to play in college I sat the bench I played Austin was actually a senior on my team when I was a freshman in uh, Providence High School so that was pretty cool got in a seat I got to watch him kind of go through that but regardless um being a defensive minded guys we I just want to know what your thoughts are because for the longest time. The Panthers have been known for their dominating defense, you know, getting the, getting turnovers, those front sevens that'll stop the run. And in the past two, three years or so now for the Panthers, we have we've lost that almost in its entirety. So 
I just want to know what your thoughts were on the current state of the defense, especially, you know, changing back from the 4-3 to the 3-4. Now we've got this kind of turnstile where Shaq has to has to kind of take the reins. What are, what are your thoughts on the defense as a whole? You know, I, I think the defense has got to hit a reset. You know, um, changing up and, and getting out. You know, the Panthers have traditionally been a 4-3 team. Getting into the 3-4, you know, that's kind of what the league is getting into. It's allowing you to kind of put that blended backer defensive end. A uh, guy who can put his hand down or get up, you know, on there on the field. Um, you're going to see those changes happen, and and at every point in time, like even again going back to when I came to the league was kind of this key critical moment for linebackers where you went from you know these 250, 260 pound lbs to a fleet foot guy who's 220, 230, and and trying to, and doing more coverage work for you and stuff like that. So now it's again it's time for that transition to happen. I think the Panthers are going to be fine. I think they're going to do a great job of, of just kind of adapting to this new style of defense. And and the thing is, um, you know, I know that it's it's kind of got to be instilled and ingrained there. That, you know, that uh, any other way I could put it is that keep pounding mentality. Like, hey, guys, this isn't who we are. This is what we need to be. We got to hold each other again. We got to hold each other accountable for what we need to do. And there can't be, you know, the weakest link can't be you 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 have to choose not to be that individual so everybody has to uphold their you know their 111th of the of the moment and whether that means you know you've got to take on this double team you know uh, i mean i played against looking at guys like ted washington you know the, i mean jesus gilbert i mean no you know two 400 pound d tackles are right My there goodness. tony Saragusa, yeah. you know who's, who's a good buddy of mine too like playing against guys watching them play you know one of the things that i, I will say this Every single game, when you look across the field, you look at your position and you sit there and say, I got to outplay that guy. I got to outplay this one, this one guy, this guy who plays my position. I got to outperform him today. And if I do that, I'll feel good about myself. But if I don't, then I need, I need to uphold that into my, my teammates and take that. And, I, and as long as the team takes that mentality, they'll be fine. It's, it, it's going to be a little bit of a goal and a shift and a transition. But, and of course, you know, with Luke retiring and, and that change and transition there too, finding somebody who's going to lead that defense, who's going to step in there. You know, I think Shaq's going to do a great job of, of keeping the ball moving, but you know, it's it's finding somebody who's got that mentality, somebody who's going to take the reins. Yep, awesome, Tyler. You got anything else for him? Uh, no, not, not much. But um, we appreciate you uh, coming on. You know, taking some time out of your day. Um, and we know you're really busy now in the um, life after football, but there's a lot of stuff on here that I know. No idea. I mean, I don't know about you, Jack, but I had no idea some of this stuff happened. I was going to say, you're probably, you know, we're probably some of the younger hosts of any of the brawl shows that you, you looked at or, or seen. You guys were kind of like this when I was in there. Like, what's that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were probably about, I mean, I'm still about yay high, so I can't say anything high-wise. But, uh, but no, again, uh, like, you know, thank we you. Used to call that, we used to call that knee-high to a grasshopper. I, 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 I was we played we had little league football and we had you know pop warner i was one of those older but lighters every single year i played even when i wasn't older i was still an older but lighter i was older than someone and i was lighter than everyone that was my that was my mantra there you go but, uh, hey whatever works whatever works for you i mean it's you you gotta it's all it's all about up here and down here i didn't grow in, i didn't play in a, in a game in the league over 225 until my almost my fourth year wow really uh, like yeah 
I mean, he, you thought you were safety, Ted Cruz. There you go. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, again, we thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, this has been awesome. And we, like I said, we love having uh, – we're have, we got to build up our guest database because, like, it's just been you and Kevin. But we can get – and and that's some pretty good starters. So we're going to just keep getting people from that 2003 team. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I can call Todd Stussy for you. We'll get him on too. He's, he actually still lives out here in St. Louis. So, you know, Please, here, perfect. Or I'll talk to Deshaun. Deshaun's coaching at UCLA. Um, now we're here. I talked to Bruce in a while. Um, let me see. Like, oh my goodness, Shane Burton, I think, is still out there. Uh, Kemp Rasmussen's still out there. Um, I think Deshaun Foster's my first football yeah. call. <laughs> right? There you go. Like, hey, how about this? I'll give you one last tidbit. So, the first time I ever met Russell Wilson playing against him on the field, shaking hands after the game, like, hey, you know, good game and everything else. He goes, oh man, Will Witherspoon? Oh my God, man! I remember playing with you on Madden when I was a kid, and I was like, "Russell, you were ten when I got in the league. Don't ever say that again. Never, never, <laughs> never say those words again." It's a good Russell Wilson impression too. I feel like that's exactly how he talks. His <laughs> eyes, real wide. That moment of surprise, like, "Oh man, yeah," they like, caught you off guard. Like, thanks. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you feel that way, but at the same time, d- d- don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever play as yourself with Madden? You ever pick up one of the la- one of the last no, ones? I, you know, I you know I spend all my time with the kids. I laugh watching everybody else. Everybody else can play Madden. That's fine. It's cool. I, I, I'm gonna watch and love it. Um, but you know, I, I laugh all the time. Like oddly, uh, you know, I'd go into Best Buy and be like, "Oh man, you get the new Madden?" I'm like, "No, I'm sorry, I did not." And uh, you know, they'd be like, "Well, why not?" I'm like, "Well, would you play a game called Best Buy?" Because I, I I do that every day. I need a time off. Like, Would you play a game off. called Best Buy? I've done that, that I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's just just you know, some people don't want to do that twenty four seven three sixty five. Okay. I use that when I cut away and go to the fam time. It's fam time. Like they know when I when I would set time away for for tape and everything else when I got home, but they knew I took about fifteen minutes to just kind of just decompress. Then it was family time, and then I'd go back to my tape watching and doing that before the before I went to bed at night. And have a healthy balance of family and, and, and football. What else can you do? Exactly. But y'all, make sure to please check out uh, when this episode will come out in a couple of days. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Make sure to check out the NFL Brawl as well. I don't know when y'all release your episodes. I, I haven't been checking Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it all depends on kind of what day me and Bridge get to get to actually record because sometimes he's busy on a Tuesday and sometimes I'm busy on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. So we kind of we kind of massage a little bit. But I'll, I'll get Brez and kick him in the teeth and be like, hey, get something done. Uh, <laughs> No, and see, that's a good part about the, not the good part about it, but the silver lining of the coronavirus is now everyone's, everyone's schedules are cleared and everyone's been listening at once podcast they need to listen to. I am, I am completely painting my whole first floor of the house. (laughs) I am just taking my time. Like, all right, I got, you know, 30 gallons of paint out here that I've had sitting in the garage for like six months. I've been talking to myself about, yeah, I need to do this. Well, (laughs) no time like the present. God, hey, you can do this now. Take advantage. (laughs) For sure. Well, but thanks, again, yeah, for um, me on. It was a great time, and um, you know, I look forward to to checking in with the episode as well. Definitely, we'll we'll send you that link, and we'll have it up on our Twitter, Panthers Brawl, and uh, well, I'm sure we'll get we'll put it up in there as well. And until next time, everybody, keep pounding. There you go. Keep it on. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. 
You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.